This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We may not be able to get in on the hurling action like we're used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their third year as official car partner of the GAA, Renault is offering a range of special offers exclusive to all GAA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out Renault.ie slash GAA to find out more. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. A, a, a grain of rice, a, a grain of rice, you want to tip the scale, just remember that then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now come on, Mayor, you've got to get Andy Murad into the game. Permission was the show, then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Morning lads, how we doing? Good Dilla. Very good right. Dilla. Hoagie, how's it going? Uh, the Marble, better, Dello. Uh, yeah, and, you know, uh, welcome along, Brian. Um, cheers. Have, uh, and we're not trying to... You were booked <laughs> before you came in, like. <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, I could have done without having to look at Landers for the next hour and a bit now, but to be honest, particularly, <laughs> particularly, particularly the way he's dressed, he's get, he's get up there, but anyway. I, I tell you know, right? His bookcase is getting fair covered in red now. <laughs> shield, shield and sports direct and everyone like, geez, it's like Newcastle United behind you. I, I tell you, after the last 25 years of persecution, you're going to have to give me every county in the country. <laughs> you're going to suffer for the next hour, I can tell you. <laughs> TJ, you the Gaelic grounds in the background there, and some things never change. Nice and steady going into the final. No excitement, no anything. Just we grew up fine and steady. The song goes. Yes, it was only, only the semi final we won Jello the weekend. So um, like we 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 we, we, we know we've never match to play, so it won't be counting any chickens yet. But uh, unbelievable weekend, Jello. It had it all. Um, the hay was the kind of first part of the conversation. Uh, don't. <laughs> Donny bought the hay on the way home, uh, I, I, I believe, so I got a good deal on it. Uh, we had the crowds, we had unbelievable battles, we had pace, power, scores, subs, possession, tactics, water breaks, sweepers, tactic boards, red cards, extra time. What, what, where do you want to start? <laughs> Jesus, no, we started with the hay truck. Lenders, the room. Well, everybody thinks Daylight is yourself and Dignan were driving the truck. <laughs> yeah, well, we got thrown under the truck anyway, I'll tell you that much, and we mind our own business. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. <laughs> Jack, Willis, Jack Willis got fair free advertising, like. 
I honestly know what was in the front of that sweatshirt. Honest to God, one of the girls brought that home from. I go on, Ray. Established Great Britain. I swear, one of the girls brought it home from a shopping trip there to Dundrum uh, four or five weeks ago with a few of her friends. And that's View Daddy. Now, she has that stuff, Leona. I said, that, that, that'd be lovely now going to the pub when it gets cold and the outdoor. I honestly didn't know whether it was Jack Willis already there. So, what it was. But anyway, um, yeah, Rory O'Neill. Oh, who Jack Willis hit, was? Yeah. The hay truck. Next thing I got the call, uh, Rory on the phone. Like, you know, I thought he was wondering, did I get a ticket to get in? Because in fairness, <laughs> they got me the ticket. Is this, are you here, Delo? And he's best Nemo Rangers. Like, I am, Rory. Yeah, I, I'm just in there. Yeah, yeah. Get down here to the corner, will you? He says, Go down to some store. I need you. Jesus, Rory. Yes, I'm not dressed for this at all. I haven't even shaved. Oh, man. Stop. Anyway, that's show business. That's show, show business. business. Yeah. I mean, barely made it myself, Delo. You were, uh, you were looking dapper, though. You had the haircut and everything. Like. I got the old championship haircut for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, very important. I, I couldn't hear you now. How'd you get on? We got on fine. So I said, I just made it in because I was kind of stuck in a little bit of the traffic. Like, so yeah, I didn't even know at that stage the match was put back a half an hour. But um, I see that poor old um, Limerick bus driver, Kevin Griffin, lovely fella that he is, and, and he's been driving Limerick bus for years. He got to blame. And, and, he, te- and, he, te- and he telling me, and, the, and the, he he well on time, and he in Dublin the night before, and the Limerick boys come up by train. And yes, I don't know how it came about that the Limerick team got blamed for holding the thing up, like, but. No point in blaming Kevin Griffin, lads. He is always on time. Not Griffin, no, no, no point in blaming Griffin. Always, always. <laughs> well, come here. And TJ, they came up by train. Like should, we were led to believe in that. I said maybe over the COVID, they didn't come by train unusually, but I knew they always go by train. Yeah. So they must have gone to some hotel near the train station, I presume. Yeah, but Kevin. Kev- the buses are always there, like even though Kevin is limited, like you said, obviously yeah. drives limited teams, he goes up in advance and he meets them off the train. So they still use their own buses. They don't use say, the, the, the Dublin buses like so. I don't I don't know what how the word got out there that it was the limited team who held it up like because when I arrived in the stadium at four o'clock, like one of the first people I met was John Kylie because I was coming in that way and I came out around. So Limerick team were well, I think they were in the stadium at five to four. <coughs> I don't, I, I don't know what happened. Look, from the sports point of view, there was mayhem on on, on yeah, the road. It was a good move. It was great for supporters. And I think there was even still supporters late for the game, even at 5.30. So to be fair to the GA, it was a good call from a sports point of view. I know it's difficult in the players. I've been in dressing rooms where there was extra time in the game before. The game is put back half an hour. And you know I mean, they're fine-tuned to the minute from, let's say, dietary or nutritional needs and everything. Like that. And it's a little bit frustrating. But uh, there was a lot of frustration on the road. And there was a lot of people giving out about farmers right <laughs> and they're here <laughs> that was the, the piercing crowd <laughs> yeah but it, to be to be to be fair wasn't too happy either after getting these men in the match was he he said it as well yeah he said it and look as i said from a player's point of view it, it's a difficult one because look in the modern game we all know from being inside these dressing rooms these guys are fine-tuned to the minute and i know now that the, the speeches wouldn't have been made and like they wouldn't have been actually ready to go but in terms of getting yourself ready for a five o'clock throw-in and then everything's pushed back half an hour. It can throw you. But it's the same for both teams. But overall, from my point of view, being one of the people on the road, uh, it, it was frustrating. And there was kind of an easing of tension once people knew that the game was put back half an hour. If it wasn't, I'd say there would have yeah. been awful pressure. So good call. Did it ever happen you, Hoggy, in all your years going up there? Where you used to go? You used to go up to the hotel in, near the airport there, did you? Yeah, up to uh, Crown Plaza, um, up in Santry there. Um, 
I can't. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Was there ever delayed? I think there was. It was one down in Turles, all right. But uh, I think there was one in Turles, all right. One year we were there was an issue, but like as, as TJ says, it's uh it's far from ideal. The way things are nowadays, like it, everything is done to to the minute, you know. And um, you know, players are in have it down, you know, in routine. I know we had it, you know, certainly a routine, and it was down, you know, you had it down to you know every kind of every minute, you know, and you did uh, players hate anything that's that that kind of changes you know or breaks their their, their concentration and, and and something like that it's easy to say oh, it looks just a half an hour and reset but it's it's not it's not that simple you know and uh like i suppose from a health and safety point of view it was great that you know just the right decision um just to put it back um you know and let the fans kind of you know um yeah. a bit of extra time to get in but from a player's point of view it is annoying but look sure it's i mean you can't legislate for everything you know you try and legislate for everything but i mean jesus bales on the on the on the, on the nice road i mean you know, with the best plan in the world, and Paul Kinnerk and John Kiley sitting there uh, planning out everything. I think that was well down the list. What you think? What I often thought was like when I was going off playing was, and I suppose you know things had started to get more professional under Joe McMahon, and that we, we, we'd appear out for the bus, the few of us in Clarecastle, the old road that time, of course, no motorway, and had to come through the village, and we'd be waiting there, the five or six of us or whatever was in it, and. Um, once you kind of left your home house with your three hurleys and your your gear bag you were just handed over unconditionally and they you were jerok nan had you or like bangkok has him you know that was the way like you were on the bus and their time in was everything of what they told mm -hmm. me to do and then i knew eventually i had to run out onto the pitch and turles or cork or whatever and play but up to that point it was whatever they had decided to do with me so that's I I think where the half an hour for players could be a bit throwy offish, you know. They're so routine oriented now with their music, everything like that. Should look yeah. at the normal lad yeah. would probably throw it off and, and be able to handle it, but some lads are fair high strung, as we know, and fair nervous in those in those times. Yeah. I think even have been there, done that before in the games is definitely a big help in those scenarios, whereas like maybe more nervous is waiting for the first time, but just as Hoagie said there, like it's part of when you're managing a team or managing a setup or going anywhere, the what ifs are huge now. Like, and you know, what if the bus breaks down effectively has always been one of them. So you, you, you cover all them. And as I said, in fairness, John Kiley said they've seen different scenarios over the years now, and they're an experienced management team as well. Like, so mm -hmm. it probably didn't really affect them at all. I'd say I, I, I don't know about Waterford. I, I did see the water players in and out of the pitch once or twice just to try and kill that time. Like, so look. I can't say like both teams in fairness started the game reasonably well, so I don't I don't think it was a major factor. Yeah. Is it true the closest thing we came to Dela was, was Sorry Dela? Chip. Is it, is it true that JP has bought the farm? <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> I believe so. Tractor, lorry, everything. The whole lot, yeah. <laughs> you get held up, Marco. You've been held up yeah, now for sixteen years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two more weeks won't make much of a difference though yeah 2001 uh the close 2001 was the closest thing we came to this bus um we were playing limerick actually blowing parky queen and we were parky ring waiting for the gather escort to arrive at two o'clock no sign of a gather escort at five past ten past quarter past and then we're kind of getting a bit edgy what's the story like and um geez it happens to anyway we decided to the Gardaes got a, a word filtered through that the Gardaes wasn't going to arrive because there was some hassle with the previous, with the intermediate um, match that was played beforehand. I think there was some hassle. So 
Harper's too, we decided to head off in our cars. And um, I know to be fair, it isn't a, it isn't a long ways down from Parkour into Parkour, but the crowds were ferocious. And it took us about 40 minutes to get from Parkour into Parkour. We arrived in at 10 past three for a half tree throwing. And fellas weren't talking or anything like that, like, you know. So that was the only thing. And, like, I suppose we found ourselves down six or seven points within 10 minutes. Now we fought our way back to draw level after half time. But um, Barry Foley broke our hearts at the end of the game. Uh, he cut a line ball over the bear. And it's the only match in the history of GA that there was no extra time allowed. So, Parry Horan, 20, 20 years later, my friend, we still remember you for the fact that you didn't play at least a minute of extra time. We were bet by a pint. Limerick went on to, um, went on to the All-Ireland semi-final, I think. It was a final. We, we were in the semi We had you, we had you. No point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean O'Cash, he's Played the 70. Sean O'Cash, he's Who played the 70? Parry Horan. Oh, he did, yeah. He did, yeah. He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did, yeah. Anyway, that was the only time we were yeah. delayed, Della. But we won't be delayed. It's in a fortnight's time now. We might, we might be in a rush to get to Crawford Park in two weeks' time to take on the, the juggernaut. The no, I wouldn't say so. No, I, I'd say... I, I, I have a feeling they'll travel, they'll travel by train. The team. What's your look? I said, I said, someone I said it, went, it went fairly well over the weekend, like, you know. They did. They went to Parnell Park. Uh, they went by train, then they went up to Parnell Park, a couple of pucks, and you can eat upstairs in Parnell Park, yeah. or you can eat out in the shed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, do you know, finally, Mark, are you realising that oh, the cock team always went up to the Burlington the night before, and all the followers <coughs> did, like, like, sometimes you yeah. help the players to try and win games, you know. Like, I think the players really enjoyed it, I think. Going up by train, morning filled in, into Crow Park, play the game, win the game, and home again the train. Like this crack about going up yeah. to the Burlington the night before because every other cock team went before. <laughs> what kind of bullets is that? Like? <laughs> in a fair there's, think... there's a long way to half three, like, isn't there? Oh. The definition of insanity, sure, doing the same thing and getting no different results. Expect a different result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we did happen to win an awful lot of all Ireland's doing it that way, Dale, as well. So, mm. but I, I think, look, you're right, things right. change, and I and, and you know, they do change, that's that's the reality. Um, and I, 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 I would be wholeheartedly behind it, the train scenario, to be honest. Um, it's a way easier to move around, it's a way more relaxed. If fellas want to have a game of cards or do a crossword or something like that, they can have that in the train, whereas you can't really have that in the bus or. or you know, go on the night before. There is a lot of time that you need to kill because you'll probably be leaving on the Saturday, maybe in half past nine, like, you know, and then it's a long, long evening in the Saturdays. And I remember, you know, I remember one thing that Barry Murphy always said to us, like, you know, that um, go out and make sure you're in bed now by nine o'clock and don't be reading the papers. And of course, you're fucking half the players were down that night trying to get the first edition of the Independent that would come in at nine o'clock, like, that would be de delivered to the hotel. So... But it is a long time to kill, and um, you know I do. I, I'd say they, they probably will go with the train itself for the final, but we'll wait and see. Yeah, I'd say they will too. Yeah, book book somewhere for the Sunday night, and don't worry, like Saturday night, let the train <laughs> take care of it. That's a great weekend. Like we've often discussed it. Are we giving away a weekend by? You know, I know things will return to normal next year now, hopefully, with the round robin, which I think will be way better for everybody. I think there's no doubt Limerick, Limerick, and 
Kilkenny enjoy enjoyed a substantial advantage with the timings and uh, you know compared to Watford, even Cork. Now Cork mm. played very well. Watford didn't play so good, but I just think get back to the round robin, we'd be better off. You know, and, and no one. But I, I love this idea of no football, and it's a hurling weekend, Brian, and it's Saturday and Sunday, and it's it's just a festival of hurling in lots of ways. And we know we we'll, we'll have the final coming as well. Yeah, um, for me, it's just turned out to be a great move. Yeah, it's. I know. We're, I think we were chatting about this last year as well, and. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm still sitting on the fence, to be honest. I, on one hand, I, I, I can totally see where you're coming from, Dello. Um, as you said, it's a weekend completely for, dedicated to, to, to hurling. Uh, Olympics aside, obviously, <laughs> uh, this year. But, um, and it is, it's great. It's, it's a, you know, particularly when you get two matches of the quality we had this weekend. And it does seem to deliver more often than not. Um, the weekends, you, you kind of get a match on a Saturday and you go, Jesus, what a match. And it's hard to, it's going to be hard to live up, to, uh, repeat that. And then next thing you know, the, the Sunday is even better. Um, so for sure, you know, it's, it's fantastic, you know, and your whole weekend is built around where, what you're going to do on the Saturday and the Sunday, whether you're traveling up or you're, where you're going to watch it. The other side of it is, you know, you're kind of, you're nearly only getting over the the, the first match and, and talking about it and analyzing it and catching your breath. And there's another one coming straight at you and you'd nearly need like, I don't know, a couple of days just to kind of, to, to bask in the glory, if you like, of, of, of the, the, what you're after seeing, you know, um, you know, from the limit water perspective and you know and give that its due and and analyze that and then kind of build up to the next match the week later so i you know look um it's there i don't know is there a right or wrong answer to it i suppose it may be a bit of a traditionalist mm-hmm. to me I, I like having them on you know kind of the, uh, one week apart you know and, and that gives you the opportunity from a, even from a promotional point of view you know to to to, to, to promote the game from the, you know and, and really focus in on each game and give that it's a it's airtime um but look at the same time at least it was great to be able to go to go to the matches and have them back in the summer and uh have a crowd in there and have the atmosphere so you know i'll take that for a starters anyway it was magic to hear um red bells going up like and you know that kind of thing waterford you know wasn't it like so long since we got a bit of an atmosphere was fantastic like yeah, but it's fantastic that the GA have moved like 24,000 at both matches over the weekend, 40,000 for the for the finals. I, I know those other um, associations are giving out mad. They, they, their spectator levels are down at a very low level, but I suppose the fact that you can seat people in Craw Park and you can, I suppose, structure it that, you know, try and keep people somewhere socially distanced and stuff like that is a, is a help for our association and our game and we can only protect our game at the end of the day and do the best we can for our supporters and our, our players. But, um, you know, it was fantastic to be at the match yesterday. I must say, there's um, even if you're watching at home, there was great excitement. And Jackie, you know, and the kids, two of the kids watched it at home. Myself and Charlie went up yesterday. And the first game he went to, he was six. That was 2019 when Kilkenny beat us. But what a difference in two years in terms of him just watching the match and getting into it and the excitement. And as you just said there about the Rebels, and the, the, he came into his mom this morning and he was going, Rebels, and then clapping the hands, Rebels, you know. So, like, you know, we mentioned about promoting the game. You know, that's there's, there's a couple of different levels of promotion, but I'm just seeing it as, um, I suppose, a young dad and having young kids going to matches and stuff for like that now. Great. And I was sitting in the section with, with, with parents, with kids and stuff for like that just today. Was just magic stuff, and no matter how the result went, right? I think in his situation, 
he may not realise what the difference is between winning and losing. It was just the excitement, the chanting, <clears throat> um, people getting up off the seats when there was goal-scoring opportunities. Really got into it now, the same as I suppose we were getting into it as adults and stuff like that. So we have a magnificent game, guys, and we just need to keep promoting it. And um, like you know, Ring said years and years ago about the best players are yet to come, and he was so right. And and I've no doubt. We are living in an era where there's fa absolutely fantastic, fantastic players. And can they get better? I suppose obviously they can, but we were we were treated to a marvel over the weekend, I'd have to say. Yeah, well said. And you know what? It's great to hear you back on that sort of talk as well, because during the first lockdown, you you wouldn't have hurled at all if you got your time over. Like, so it's good, <laughs> good to hear the Charlie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, back, you're back. You're back in the tent. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I thought Charlie was going to be a horse trainer. Like, yeah, no, he was in the long grass. <laughs> Landers was in the grass for so the long grass for so long he couldn't find his way out of it, but he's out of it now, and there's no stopping <laughs> him. <laughs> well, it, was, it was funny. It was funny. Been doing um, the, the analysis with Jackie T and like he's in the Stepford Wives and all this was brought up like you know, he didn't even know what to wear like you know so good crack good crack uh, had a bit of breakfast with Don Logue earlier on I didn't bring up the Stepford Wives anyway <laughs> but, uh, I was surprised oh, did, he, did he sit down with you he did of course geez. <laughs> good good that's yeah. good to hear he was on he's last night mellowing he's, like, he's, so. he's mellowing I'd say is he no, he was on I was gone on my legs yeah the first year we met you in 99, the Munster finally started roaring across about how many Munsters you'd won and stuff like that. I suppose this one's roaring here. Like, I think yeah. after that, we haven't had a crossword. We sat alongside each other at the All Stars, I think, that year. And, uh, Very good. You know, good with him, yeah. I'd be telling him a few lies, and he'd probably tell me lies back as well. So that's all right, too. That's allowed. <laughs> Let's, we'll, um, we'll have to have a look at it. I suppose we could talk about our weekend, I'll be, I'll be like, but. We, I guess we best have, have a look and we we'll go Saturday on Sunday. Um, TJ Dick came out of the blocks like lunatics. Uh, Waterford, um, I throw this to the four to the three lads and you know, all of us. But like, is that the way to go at Limerick? I'm wondering, like, on your fourth match in 21 days, like, is, like on, you, you have to put it on the board, don't you? And they miss chances and the water break, break whistle sounds and it's four three to Limerick. There's a nice man from Watford sitting on his own in front of me, and I did baseball hat on and, and a mask, and obviously the, the Jack Willis sweatshirt. But I just say, I just said to him, I'd say, Your ghost. And he said, He's only four trees to me. Like, I said, You need to be leading after hitting them that hard. Do you know, is it the wrong up, maybe? Should you feel your way in against Limerick and, you know, move around? Because you're not going to. You'll hit them, but they'll be getting back up. You can put Willow Dunham. And he's composed, and he's like, no, you have to put it on the scoreboard, and even as Tipperary found, it mightn't be enough to put it on the scoreboard either. Yeah, no, that's a fact. <laughs> like, I would agree with you. I think that what, like, to me, watching the two warm ups, I would definitely have said, like, and look, each team to their own in terms of their warm up, and you can't judge what's going to happen coming down the road with the warm up. But Waterford definitely used an awful lot more fuel in the warm up to get ready for the start of this game. They were on the money and I would agree that 100% with you they won the physical exchanges the three or four big turnovers in that first quarter like especially the one where Ozzy pointed the sideline massive result for them 
But to go in a point down at the water break, then, like, yeah, that, that, that has to be deflating after winning that, right? Limerick then, in the second quarter, like, by halftime, all six Limerick forwards to score from play, you know, and I think John said after the game that maybe after the first quarter, he felt they controlled the game, and I kind of felt that in the stand as well. I thought it was going Limerick's way. Once they scored at 11 points there in that second quarter and led 15-7 at halftime, Shami Flanagan was unbelievable in the first half, Dello, like those scores that he's starting to make look very easy. But I said all six forwards were motoring. Gillan possibly could have had a goal there in the first half when he cut inside. And it just seemed to be going Limerick's way. Yeah. And to, probably should have, yeah. And they seemed to bust the game from there. So I, I would say your reading of it is pretty much correct. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. unbelievably physical, Anthony. Like, in the second yeah. quarter. It was. Go on. And, like, the world, but, yeah, but no, can no, you no, win for, doing that to Limerick? Very hard, Anthony. Like, and, you know, it was a concern I would have had for the Cork team as well because, you know, Kilkenny would be very noted for being physical. Um, but the conditioning of the Limerick players is by far and away ahead of everybody else, I think, in the country at the moment. Um, like, they have no player that you could say physically you could dominate them. And then when you throw in the side, like, they're like, you know, Dermot Burns, Kyle Hayes, Hegarty, all over six foot five. Like, they're absolute giants. And most of their backs are over six foot tall as well. So they're extremely physical. And Anthony, um, uh, bearing a couple of the water for players, they wouldn't have the physical, you know, makeup of them. And we mentioned on, on, on the preview about Jamie Barron, the one player that Waterford needed to get into the game for the word go. And Will O'Donoghue, again, like, just didn't give him an inch. Like, and, um, Jamie, you know, he tried his socks off, but just physically wasn't. And like every time he went to jink pass, Willow Dunn, who seemed to be there just at that last second to turn him around and force him to go back out with the ball. Um, but in terms of taking on Limerick physically, I, I don't think so. You, you just can't. You have to play around them, I think. And, and um, I was going, Mark, I was going to say, in fairness to yep. Waterford, as mad as it sounds, right, it seems like as if they targeted Kyle Hayes, Willow Donahue and Garol Hegarty. It was the three real big fellas they went after early doors. So I said, in one sense, you'd be kind of saying maybe they went to hammer the hammer, right? But it's just yeah. fighting those games, or fighting those, those three individuals, that's a massive ask. And TJ, the thing about it is like, you can fight yeah, those three, but there's another 10 or 12 behind as well. Like when you're finished, when you're finished with those three fellas, because... Waterford wouldn't have 15 fellas to physically take them on. They'd have five or six fellas that would be physically very, very physical. And in fairness to Stephen Bennett, of yeah. all of it, Jesus, the hits that he put in, particularly in the first half, were ferocious. And himself and Barry Nash came together a couple of times and they were, they were, they were great to see. And they were very honest. Uh, the physical exchanges were extremely honest and fair play to John Keenan in terms of leaving a go and stuff like that. But um, uh, Waterford wouldn't have enough players, Anthony, to physically take them on. And... and you know, we'll be talking about the, the, the final at another stage, but it was it was the first quarter was ferocious, mm. I would have thought. Yeah, the battle of the game, I suppose, for me would have been Glenn and Prunty, Hoggy, and Connor Prunty's some fullback, isn't he? So, like, I mean, Claire beat them um, without Baron and Prunty, and sometimes I think of that the two of them weren't there such an influence on the team. Maybe Jamie didn't. But even Jamie, when he went in full forward, you know, he, he the first bit of trouble Dan Morrissey had was when Jamie came in there. Uh, but I thought Prunty 
he's such a strong boy and and uh, they had a great battle <clears throat> absolutely pronti is just a player he's really kind of come into his own over the last two seasons you know and I was really looking forward to that kind of battle. I, I, actually, I thought Prunty would pick up Flanagan. Um, it was interesting. He picked up Galan, and they had a real battle, you know. And, uh, you know, he, he, there's not too many lads can physically, I won't say dominate, but certainly had the, had the, the answers over Galan, you know. And what was really impressive as well is his mobility. For a guy who's so big, you know, he was able to, to maneuver, turn, stay with Galan, you know, Galan had turned on a sixpence. And he was just able to get that touch in at the right time. And he's like, he's such a presence here on the edge of the square. And, like the guy, you know, we talk about Kyle Hayes and 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 Hegarty and these guys. Like, like I, the, I, I love watching Dad Morrissey. They're coming in uh, on the edge of square. I know he came in for Richie English the last day, but he's so calm, he's so reassured. And like, you look at any of the teams, like it's been a problem position for Cork as well. And we'll, we'll obviously come on to that match and the job that Downey did there, full back from yesterday. And it's a really important position, you know. And it just kind of the confidence of having a really strong guy there at the edge of the square. And it's a different it, that position has evolved, you know. It's no longer you have to, you know, you have to be a big guy. And all three of those guys and four guys that played in that position the weekend are big guys. But Jesus, their 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 athleticism is is phenomenal, like you know. And and Prunty, you know, he's he's yeah, he's really he's just a really clever player, you know. The way he's able to, when he does get the ball, then he's use of it. Um, but it was a really great it was a great battle between himself and Milan. I loved watching it. Um, and you know, you, you do, you, you know, it's the likes of him you, you'd feel for. He's just a real warrior for, for, for Waterford. And there's no doubt they missed him earlier in the year, you know, when, when, when they were, had to hurl out himself and Barron. Sorry, I didn't think it was that bad. I was got one goal. Dillo, Dillo, what did you make of Waterford's structure in terms of, uh, obviously, Conor Gleeson came in for Patrick Curran and he picked up uh, Keane. They had Callum Lyons detailed for Garod Hegarty, Kieran Bennett detailed on Tom, Tom Morris for him. <coughs> and then Shane Bennett sitting deep, like right playing with five forwards. Like, to me, like I think it's been proven that doesn't work against Limerick. No, sure. I mean, Shane Bennett was redundant, basically, TJ. And like, if somebody, if somebody lads plays Callum Lyons as a man marker again over Waterford, whether it be Liam or whoever take over from Liam whenever he leaves it or whatever, the only bit we, the only life we saw out of Callum Lyons was when he was let off the hook and the third quarter and burst up the field. And we saw the Callum Lyons that we know and love, like, man marker. He did a good old job on Hago, like, but I just don't get this man marker, Callum, Callum Lyons. Cool. Of course he can do the job. He's as a team, he's not it's a big one for me. Are you there? You're just breaking yeah. up us there. You're breaking yeah, up you're still. breaking up now. Yeah, but, yeah. But like maybe not so much in the first half, but in the second half, their structure it definitely lost a lot of shape, Matt. Like even like when you were there, there was three or four times like Waterford or whatever, six, seven, eight points down, and they hit the ball up the field, and there's two or three Limerick free players there. Like so, it just didn't really give them a chance to get back in the game. But strategic, like a lot of the Limerick game plan is revolves around possession. And keep in possession. And if you give your defence an extra man all the time, the boys, the Limerick fellas just keep popping the ball to the, to the next fella, to the next fella, to the next fella. And they, don't, they won't puck the ball away for the sake of pucking it away. So 
Like Limerick, Limerick's use of the ball is always going to be excellent. And then you have the two old men up front in, in Flanagan and Glenn, right? So, like, you know, to me, there was no way a Limerick fellow and a Limerick defender was going to puck it straight down to, to Shane Bennett like, and give him a loose ball. So, you know, I can't understand why they went with a sweeper at all, to be honest with it. You know, you just, you just don't give the Limerick players that no. ball. Don't, you know, you can't do that. Insanity, yeah, especially, I agree with you. Especially when Prunty can can maybe do a good job on on Gillan, like you know, you you have to trust your lads then to mark them in, like exactly. Yeah, yeah. you have to you have to back your back your own guys. You know, I mean, you're going out and you're 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 dropping a man back. You're immediately saying you're going to concede grounds. You're going to you know you you don't trust your six backs. I think like that day is is, is gone. You know, the likes of as the lads have said, like you, you just can't you can't afford to do that against Limerick. Um, you know, players the likes of Morrissey and Hegarty, these guys, you know, they'll work it out from the back, they'll get it to these guys, and they, they'll pop it over the bar from 100 yards, no bother, and they'll keep doing that, you know, and they'll draw you out, and, and, and on top of that, you've got two of the best inside forwards, who every time, if you can get the ball in, you know, diagonal ball into them, it sticks, nine times out of ten, it sticks, you know, with Galan and, and Flanagan, and, and Flanagan has this ability to hit it over his shoulder as well, which you know more often than not, you'll tell young lads, "Don't do, you know turn, take face the defender, take him on." But yeah. he has this ability to hit it over his shoulder, which is another kind of dimension to it. But but what they do is they, they, they're they're patient. They'll hold the ball, they'll recycle it, they'll play that that ball to the, to the advantage of the lads inside, and then it sticks. And when it sticks, then they have the option either take the man on or pop it to a runner. You know, so and it's all because they have time out the field to get their head up. And, you know, you, you just look, you're talking about the best team in the country and you're saying to him, go on, look, I'll give you a chance to get the ball in your hands and, and get your head yeah. up. And yeah, it's, it's mad, you know. The, the, the other important thing is you're blaming Limerick because you have to take your chances. And like Waterford in the normal. first half, yeah, there was like Waterford eight wides in the first half and the three freeze definitely hurt them in terms of uh, they, them going wide. It kind of sucked a bit of life out yeah. of them. And to it me, they probably, yeah, they probably two half goal chances. Ozzy had a shot there that was kind of really, it was a weak shot at Nicky. And then there was another one where they were true and, and basically the hand pass got blocked down by Sean Finn or whatever, right? So those, all those chances are really, really important, I suppose, when, when you're playing like Limerick. And that didn't go their way. And to me, it's like as if it's kind of just sucked a bit of life out of them. Yeah, you, as you know yourself, you, you need to keep the scoreboard ticking over all of the time. And like Stephen Bennett last year was absolutely on fire from the get-go with his freeze. And it kept Waterford in the game. It kept him ticking over all last year. But for some reason, yesterday, he missed a couple of uncharacteristic frees that he'd normally knock over, no problem whatsoever. And I know we're going to come to it. Uh, like there was a few words between himself and Liam Cahill after, at the first water break. I don't know really what exactly what was said, or was it was it over the freeze, or was it something else? But any time when a player pokes the manager into the chest. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a good sign, like you know. We didn't know what to make of Dan Shanahan. He did a bit of a Dan Shanahan. So the Dan Shanahan moment, like that, to me, I, I, I don't know what was about, like you know. And Jesus, you have to have respect for the management, like. And I just thought I'm very surprised with Stephen, to be honest with you, like you know, just was out of character now, you know. But there was obviously a lot of frustration. Obviously, he was maybe suggesting that they might switch free taker at that stage. Quite possibly, Anthony, but like Patrick Cunn would possibly be their replacement free taker who wasn't on the field. Maybe we just thought that, you know, there could be something happening behind the scenes that we're not aware of. But like, like 
it's certainly showed a frustration after the first quarter that would raise eyebrows from my point of view anyway. Yeah, funny enough, in the warm-up, um, watching them closely in the warm-up, Austin hit a good lot of frees. You know, I says this is going to be something we're going to see, and he did eventually hit long-range ones, Austin. He did. So I don't know whether there was something coming. But, lads, there was a vicious wind swirling on Saturday, way worse than yesterday now. It was a, it was a real changer, I think, for hitting freeze in, in you know, the ball. Like, obviously, in Crow Park, the, the wind hardly ever affects who wins the game because it's such a ball effect. <clears throat> but it was a swirling wind, and I thought it made it very, very difficult for free takers. It probably did, but we, I think we touched this already, Dale. Our expectation now is win, no win conditions. Is we have, like, you see TJ Reid, Hoggy, even when Hoggy missed 65 yesterday, we're all surprised. But our expectation is that these guys will nail 100 or 100. The other thing I was going to say is in the first half, Waterford's puck out didn't really work, right? They have a couple of moves in the puck out, like Jack Fagan, where he pops into the middle. Limerick seemed to be alive to that. They kind of just took him out of the play, and they had a guy in behind who, who mopped the ball up. And another one there in the first half. In fairness to Tom Morrissey, like Kieran like, and a water puck out right there in front of us in the Hogan stand, right? Kieran Bennis in the right half back position, right? The keeper is about to puck the ball out, right? And li- literally two seconds later, Kieran Bennis in the right corner forward position and Tom Morrissey went with him. So they were alive to all of that. But just in the modern game, there's so much going on and tactically, it's just the, the video guys and the week are preparing for these games now. It's very, very forensic and detailed. And opposition seem to be alive to an awful lot of the moves that are going on. Yeah, unbelievable yeah. levels, like in that. Um, Limerick stick yeah. passing, lads, is something to behold, isn't it? Just a little flick passing, and I see now they're even kind of have completely uh, the mastered flick. the art of flicking it along the ground. Even do you know when there's players, you know, it might a hand pass might be intercepted or a high one, but it's just rolled along the ground, literally thrown down onto your hurley. And rolling mm. along the ground, some some level of skill and control. And it, I think at one stage even was Will Dunn who hit a, hit a one handed pass. He was kind of almost being held, if you like, and he was just able to pop the ball up in one handed to I'm not sure who it was just under the Cusick stand, you know, about 15 yards straight to his chest, you know, which is some skill. But again, it's that kind of making sure that you get the ball out of the out of the uh, out of the collision. You know, they're big enough, obviously, to ride a collision, but every time they come into contact, they're always able to recycle the ball, move it to a different point. And then, you know, so it's it's you can't, it's so hard to try and bottle them up. You know, it's just that ability, whether it's hand pass, stick pass, whatever way you want. It's. I think it's a feature of the other game, Huggy. Yeah. The small hurley, sorry, the shorter hurley, and just the power of them, they're just able to flick the ball with one hand. Like, the fellas can pass the ball 30, 40 yards on with just one hand and flick that about her, and they're just holding the man off. Like, it's definitely a feature of the modern game. The other thing I was going to say, which was a feature of the game, I'm not sure it's maybe in the coaching manual, like, but Willow Donahue's ability in the rock, right, to free the ball for one of his counterparts is something to be involved. Yeah. <laughs> but like, he just, he's, he's just able to kind of gather attention and then one of the lads come in and just t- and take the ball. But in the ruck, he was unbelievable at all the time. It was like rugby-esque nearly, wasn't it? He's the most underrated player in the country, I'd say, for sure. You you want to get into speech now, early this show, they're allowed to get the all stuff for him, right? So you want to start now, right? You want to swing a couple of them reporters that are voting against him all of the time. He surely is a hot favour for your uh, All-Star this show. Well, Jamie got it last year, and we all love Jamie in this show. Sir. We, we, we've been lit up over the last two weekends with Jamie, but unfortunately, when Will is in the house, 
Jamie, don't get the better of that exchange. No, like, no. I know I'll start selector, but by God, if they can't see it themselves at this stage, do you know what? That the man is, is the power in midfield. He just is. Like, yeah, he, he you know, he's um, ferocious. Mark, the only thing I want to say to you is that the quarterfinals weren't a double header in Crow Park, and Austin Gleason was fine to play as well yesterday from last Monday. So <laughs> delighted to hear that. Like, have you any? Yeah. Will we wait till next week? I suppose to hear what your rumor you've heard down in Killa. Oh, John Melrick is definitely out. He's definitely out. No chance of playing whatsoever. Keen Lynch left the freedom of Crow Park, so he's definitely <laughs> out. Uh, Robbie Flynn, fifty-fifty at all best. You know, and now the only thing is that we had Lazarus as well in Crow Park yesterday. Mr. Damien Cahillan exactly. for a man who got Damien Cahillan got his appendix out three, two and a half weeks ago. And he played yesterday. He's some man. He's some operator, in fairness, lads. Like his father Niall before him, um, I think tore his cruciate or his cartilage about a week before an Ireland final. And he was in a cast up to his hip and he tore off the cast. And he went out. I remember him telling me the story. He was, they have a hill up the back of their house back in Castlehaven. And he said, if he could run up to the top of the hill, he said three or four times, he'd be fine. And he, he did that. And he played in All Ireland final. So they're, they're mighty men all together, them Cahillans. They're ferocious men. So it was great to see him back. And, and we, need, we needed them all. We had, we had seven subs that came on yesterday. So, you know, it's just yeah. uh, mighty stuff. Mighty stuff. It was indeed. Um, another man that, at the moment, we'll be missing is Peter Casey, the pure six Peter Casey. Um, he'll appeal, no doubt. I thought it was on hard side, I have to say. Uh, but most of my fellow pundits in the RTE scene, anyway, seem to think, look, still a kind of a movement of the head, and the GA hate movements of the head, even though everyone has a face guard on now and a helmet. Well, that's my take, and I still thought it was harsh. I thought, obviously, Gleeson clipped him somewhere, Connor Gleeson, and he reacted all right, but Jesus, there's no danger in anyone rubbing a face guard off each other. Like, isn't as if you're going to splay a fella around the ground. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be tough. If I, as I said, if I had to pick 14 of the 14 outfield players, the last one I would have picked was Peter Casey to be getting that red. But yeah. we did speak that they were uh, running for a red, and... and uh, Tough time on him. Tough time on him. He'll be sick. He will. Dilla, and look, I know we didn't touch on, on, on the red, potential red in the Munster final. And I, I don't think anybody is in any kind of way, kind of maybe undecided about the Aaron Galan. I think that was pretty clear coach, right? But in this one, I'm with you, Dilla. Like, there's no doubt there's a coming together. Like, it, to me, it's not clear on, 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 on the footage that he headbutted. Like, you can see uh, Conor Gleason's hurley coming up, right? And it looks like as if Conor Gleeson's hurley hits him either in the lower stomach or towards the conquerors, right? And, like, when that happens, right, your head does go forward, Dale. There's no doubt about that, right? And, like, I, for me, it's definitely, definitely not an intentional headbutt. It's not... I know this is easy to say, right? It's not in the man's game. It's just not. He's an out-and-out hurler. He's a ball player. Always has been, right? Um, and in fairness, he was having a great game. He will be a huge loss because he's a brilliant addition to the inside forward line. Huge loss. And I, for one, wouldn't like Peter Casey. Like, he, he didn't stack that incident. He's not a dirty player. And I'm saying today, he doesn't deserve to miss the all Ireland final. He doesn't. Lads? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a tough one. Um, it's tough for any player to miss an Ireland. I remember, I remember a situation a couple of years ago where um, this is pre, pre-helmets being compulsory. And uh, 
a very prominent forward for another county, county got frustrated and stuck the head in one of our lads who was wearing a helmet. And our lad had to surround him and go, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm not sure what, what would happen in that situation. Safety-wise, maybe they have to take him off. But yeah, look, um, um, yeah, it's heartbreaking for him. I don't know it, uh, Peter, myself, um, personally. But you look, obviously, Shane Dowling um, was talking about it last night. And TJ, you were talking. I, the, the evidence is, is inconclusive. It's very hard to tell from the footage what actually went on. Clearly, something happens preceding the, the, the you know, whatever... Um, Peter did, you know, that kind of there was a clash, let's say, put it like that with bodies, but it, look, your heart goes out to any lad that, that misses on our Ireland you know, um, you know, be it through injury or or or, or as um, you know, sending off or whatever, I don't know I don't know, it's unlikely he's going to get it off as you say, the GA just don't like any movement to the head whatsoever um, it's, you know, it's a difficult one, but look, I mean you could see him, in the, the camera went to him in the stands and I think he knew himself, he, the helmet was on his head and he was chewing the end of the hurl and he was you know, lads were tapping on the back and he just didn't want to know. But, you know, he was completely despondent. And, you know, as a player, as a former player, look, it, everyone's kind of had those moments, you know, kind of. And, uh, uh, yeah, your, your, your heart really does go out to him, but it'll be unlikely if he, he'll get off it. Mm. Mac? Like, yeah, you're, you're right, um, Brian, 100% on how he was feeling in the stand. I'd say that last eight or nine minutes of that game was probably mm. the loneliest place he's ever been for a long, long time. Uh, just realising the consequences of what a red card is uh, before an All-Ireland final. Um, I, I think, I think, and we, we all know this, lads, we all played long enough, that the person who retaliates always gets caught. That's the reality. And for any fella, he should know at this stage, like, you know, we've all got a poke off the ball or on the but ball he, or whatever. Like, But did he retaliate, Tomac? Jesus, like, uh, TJ. It looks like he retaliated anyway. Like, I don't think it, it looks like it looks like he did from a camera back in Hill 16, which is kind of a good bit away, right? But it's a movement to the head, right? But the other camera angles don't show that he retaliated. He, he, I'm not saying he didn't lean forward, but to me, he leaned forward as a result of the hurley coming to his body, right? Like, like I like I know what a headbutt is. I probably have got a couple mm. of them. I never have any, right? But I definitely got one or two of them in my day, right? Like, I don't think this was an intentional headbutt. And as Brian said there, why would you headbutt a fella when you're wearing a helmet and he's wearing a helmet? So for me, I don't think it was clear and obvious that this was a headbutt. And the other, the other question I'm going to ask here is, and maybe Dale knows the answer to this, is who sent him off, right? Like, I saw the referee. He went to the linesman very briefly. He then went to the umpires. The umpires know, right, with the greatest respect, right? It was two or three okay. shots at the po- two or three shots at the post. They were halfway up the post, right, and they had to go to Hawkeye. Fair enough, they made the right calls, right, but they certainly didn't see a headbutt forty yards away. No way. So yeah, while, he, somebody... while he was down, while he was down, he to talking to the you know, while he was down talking to the umpires quite a while as well. John Keenan, I thought he did a fairly good game. Fair enough. Um, the linesman kept on talking to who I don't know, but the linesman yeah. kept. He, he, that's what, that, that's my point. That's my he kept point. on because yeah. I was right in front of it. And I I actually followed the play, so I didn't actually see it. No, not not being a, a, a you know this uh, Arson Vinger effort out of it. But uh, I did, I genuinely turned back and, and knew something had happened then, and I asked the fellow beside me, "Did he see something?" <coughs> so I know what So I don't know. I just saw it. I saw it yesterday. I suppose more than anything, and they had different angles and stuff down. I yeah, I'm wondering, did did he react to the slap up in the conkers as you said, TJ? Did he? Ooh, 
you know yeah, I, I, would I, like. I, yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and you can see the hurry coming forward that's my point so I don't think that it was an intentional headbutt and I think if Peter Casey misses the All-Ireland final over that incident I think it'll be a shame I don't think it was clear and obvious I don't think it was a dirty stroke by any matter of means yes it might have been difficult for the referee I definitely don't think the linesman or the umpire saw it I think it might have been upstairs I think it's harsh and I'd like to see Peter Casey and I'm sure Mac, all ye sporting people in Cork would like to see us. And if you're going to have a cut off us, I'm sure you'd like to have a cut off oh. the whole ass, right? And oh. you'd like to see him play. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. I, look, I'd be in your camp uh, there, TJ. I hope Peter Casey uh, is available for selection for the All-Ireland final because I'd hate to think that you'd have to throw it to us afterwards that we didn't have a full team. <laughs> but I will say this, my first, my first reaction, Dela, I text you, I, he, I think you asked me, was it a red? I said, from the camera am, angle, it looked as though he headbutted your man and that is the Hill 16. Now, to be fair, lads, we're always on about, you know, having the linesmen and the umpires participating and I, I would say certainly the umpires brought it to the referee's attention and John Keenan did the right thing. He spoke to the umpires, he spoke to the linesmen, and they came to a decision. And lads, you know, we had we had the incident in the in, in the match with Tim Tip and um, Tip and Limerick where the the um, where part of the wire didn't go to the umpires, you know, and gave a yellow where we know it should have been a red. So John Keenan must be complimented. It's a tough job to pull a red card on any player in any match. And his umpires and his and his linesmen must be complimented for taking the time and getting to the decision that they got to let the powers that be now decide whether he was correct or not correct, I suppose, is what I will be saying here. And the video evidence, TJ, you're going to be relying now on technology to get your man off. And you're the man that didn't want technology last week. I really need to remind you. <laughs> I, I don't, I, and, I, and, I, and I don't, and I don't, and, I, and, and like obviously video footage needs to come into play. But what I will also say is, what I will also say is, right, is in all walks of life, right, um, your character and your previous good behavior and all that kind of stuff comes into play, right? I think that, should come, into, that should come into play here. And, and like Peter Casey, he, he ain't that guy, he ain't that guy. And I'm yeah. saying today, right, I want to see Peter Casey. And it's unfortunate for him because he's been around the Limerick setup for the last number of years. He's been very good, but he didn't start the last two All Ireland success wins, right? And he would have been starting this time around. So for him, yes. a young fella, it's tough. But look, I am biased, right? I do know Peter. He used to work with us here in Cube for a while in, in, in the print business, and he was one of our top class finishers. And I want to see him play. And look, I'm for one, and certainly in his corner. Yeah, look, we, I'd love to see him being cleared I don't that's not in his nature whatsoever like but then everyone says ah she's we hear that about every fella that's sent off but yeah true. yeah look I, I think Limerick will make a strong case I think they will make a strong case and I'd say throw the kitchen sink at it um, well you know John Keenan obviously didn't see it so somebody told him what happened or somebody looked at video and, and, and fed down that information because he certainly took his time but look we just have to wait and see on that and Peter, what I liked about him yesterday, he's just sat there. There was no hold in his head. There was no crying. He just sat there. <laughs> it's after happening, mm. and I'm going to see what happens. Tough, so look, Limerick comfortably through, lads. Yeah, comfortably through. I would say the system not right. What for four games? And it's unfair. Uh, for me, facing it, into Limerick, it, it I, is, I know everyone knew the system. Look, we, yeah, and we're in a COVID. We're in a COVID yeah. scenario. 
And, yeah. and to be fair, I think that the powers that be will make sure it doesn't happen again. You know, a lot of people down our way will be saying yeah. the teams deserve a fortnight before the semi final and a fortnight before the final. And I think you can move the calendar around. And let's not forget the reason why we have a condensed season is COVID is one side and club championship is the other side. The other two things that are driving the calendar. Mm. So, like, we all know it's unfair. We all know it's, it, it's, it's not right. But I'm sure the powers that be will, will correct that. Give them a chance. I do, I, do, I do agree, Mark, that four weeks in a row is, is not fair on any player. Um, however, you suppose you do need to be careful that they can't incentivize either losing your first round and getting matches and building momentum and getting, you know, there has to be some sort of yeah, incentive for winning your provincial and getting that break. But there's a balance for sure. I think four weeks yeah. in a row is, is too much. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We could have bought yeah. a week somewhere along the way, I think, mm. yeah. you know, for, for those teams to be that bit fresher going in. Now, it didn't affect the Rebels who were on the third big game um, in 14 days. Uh, great performance. Um, great game, lads. It was a pleasure to be there yesterday. It was, it was super. Dilla, soft, did you? you didn't uh, compliment my tipping. Uh, just I know I had been wrong a couple of times during the season, but just just so you are aware, and I'm sure you'll tell me. Come to... you, you, you'll, you'll tell me that even a broken clock is right twice a day, right? But for me, I did say Cork marginally, even possibly after extra time. I'm just saying. I know, but you'd have lost your money if you're back if you're back cork, you see, because it was a draw. Yeah, but oh, I, I, I said possibly after next time so I would cover myself. But anyway, I was right. Just 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 uh, just give it to me. But I was right. I, I, I said it to Jackie when Kilkenny got the goal. He was jumping around the place, Jackie Turtle up and up on the podium thing. And uh, I said it to him, Jesus, I says, TJ tip cork. I says he just can't get one right this year, Barry Limerick. Yeah, no, sure. Yeah, it was... a brilliant game, lads. It ebbed and flowed, and uh, just, just, just fantastic to to watch. Um, you did and a pleasure. I said it, Hoagie, you were, you were down below us. Hoagie, you got off to a great start. Like when you were six two, you were doing all the hurling at that stage. I, I, I thought maybe another point or two, and you could have like, a bit like Limerick turned the screw, maybe. Yeah, um, we mentioned the physicality in Waterford brought against Limerick and before the ball was even thrown in there was a bit of a squaring up in the in, you know in the midfield and I was like I was rubbing my hands I was like brilliant like this is this you know get the get the the blood going let's let's have it and uh I think we won the rook ball and you know we went six points to two up and you know things were things were moving well okay they looked dangerous in the inside line but you know we, we were pressing up in their puck out it, it, we, we were going well you know and and then they got got into the match and Got a couple of points as, as you'd expect, but still by half time, point up. You know, I felt we probably could have been a couple more points up, but uh, yeah, it, it. I just felt, particularly after the first water break, we started to struggle to come to grips with their kind of puck out. You know, um, we weren't pressing them, and a bit like, a bit like the the the, um, the Limerick situation with Walford. You know, if you give Cork the opportunity to play the ball through the hands and get their heads up, and they were they were more than happy to play it back to Collins and. And over and back, and it might have been, you know, the prettiest, you know, to watch. Um, but they were patient, they were waiting, they, they knew what they were trying to do. Ultimately, I think they were trying to get the ball into Mark Coleman's hand as much as they could. And then he was he was spraying the ball from the half back line in. And and look with the pace they had, they were just looking for space to pop the ball into these the likes of Horgan and and and, and Jack O'Connor and these. And yeah, I just felt as the match went on, we 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 kind of we struggled to close that down, you know. Um but look, it was it was a fair, it was a fair, it was a fair rattle throughout the match. You know, it was uh, it was brilliant. Right, the seventy minutes, um, 
there was a guy, a local guy here I know who's who's a got into the photography and he got his first pass to a match and he was saying he was struggling to, to keep up with the play in terms of photographs, like you know, and I could I could I could um I could sympathize with him. It was it was just the pace of it and and, and you know the pace of the core players and I suppose ultimately you know when we got that goal just in the end of full time I was like yes you know I just I just thought we have him now that's a that's that's a killer you know for Cork and particularly with Hoggy missing the free you know and he'd been brilliant all day I just thought mentally it's going to be hard to lift themselves but in fairness to them they were a better team in extra time and you couldn't couldn't complain and I think aside from the results which is a huge obviously getting to the final I think psychologically for this Cork team this is a massive you know more so than the previous years and getting the semi-finals I think this is a massive turning point for this Cork team because of the players who are coming through as well the Connollys and these guys and obviously the, the you know there's a there's a real platform there now you know for, for 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 the next couple of years and look there's nothing certain but I just I just get that sense that the momentum is starting to come behind behind Cork but uh, yeah look it was it was it was very disappointing I just I thought after 15 minutes things were were going well go on Landers yeah yeah, go on. I know. Right, I'm going. I'm going, lads. Five points. Oh, lads, lock that door. Let the horse come. <laughs> Just the five points in a row that you rattled off, and Hoggy really being to the fore. That that was your time, really, mm. where you're saying mm. we are in mm. this. We are not going away anywhere. Yeah, like uh, I would say, I, I thought the first three quarters were very. Okay, yes, Kilkenny were very good in the first 10 minutes, right? And led six points to two. And there was one or two goal opportunities that were last grasp efforts to stop them. And, you know, in fairness, Matt Coleman was brilliant. Um, and I'd have to say, um, I, I thought Sean O'Donoghue struggled early doors on, uh, on Owen Cody, who ended up scoring four points over the course of the game. But I thought Sean O'Donoghue warmed to the game as it went on. Um, but I thought the, the, the first three quarters of the game ended up pretty level across the board, I think, was level, a point down, and level at the end of the third quarter. But in the fourth quarter, I thought Cork absolutely took off. And it, it felt as though they found an extra gear out of nowhere in the last quarter and headed for home and went six points up. But I, I, I'm, just, I'm just going back over a couple of games now. This six points, when we go six points up against Limerick in 2018, against Clare this year, and against Kilkenny, we went six points up and we got real in like we were real in by Limerick. I suppose Patrick Collins saved, it, uh, saved us against Clare in the save he had late in the game and Kilkenny to draw a level. And I was sitting beside a fellow in the stand and we were three points up and time was nearly up. And he said to me, "Tis a dangerous lead. And I said, well, I tell you, I prefer to have a three-point lead than a two-point lead at this stage because it's very, very hard if you concede a goal at that stage and go a point down to try and get an equalising score. But I thought it was the last quarter that Cork actually started to come through and maybe some of the gaps started to appear on the Kilkenny side and pace came into it at that stage. And particularly Jack O'Connor had a had a magnificent end into the game. Um, so had um, had Robert Downey. I thought, I thought actually Sean, I don't know when Downey struggled slightly. They conceded nine points from play between them, five and four. And I thought actually there was one thing flashed into my mind about Sean O'Donoghue was that, you know, there was clearances coming from the Kilkenny defence that he's trying to get his bearings a couple of times were off. But I thought after the first half, I thought he turned into the game. 
Himself and Downey, I thought, settled down extremely well. Now, Lillary was solid all through. But Brian mentioned about Mark Coleman. It was definitely his best game of the season in championship. He was on everything. And not alone was he supplying ball yesterday, but the shoulder that he hit Walter Welch and drove him out over the sideline was, was one of the best tackles. Like, he went off, injured himself after it. But it'll show you that the ferociousness of the tackle to take down Walter late in the game, fair and square now. Um, but he was a key. And I suppose after Eulala trying to take out poor old Tim O'Mahony in the first half, it was a, it was a great... Um, it was a great scene to see him thunder into the game, particularly in the in the extra time as well, because I suppose he, as as Dale, as you mentioned today in, in, in your article, if Cork were beaten, Tim O'Mahony would probably have shouldered a fair bit of responsibility with the ball that was last coming out. But look, we wouldn't pin it on anybody, but he would get a bit of stick over it. But he was outstanding in the extra time, and, and along with Downey as well, because the aerial balls at day one, which was fantastic to see. It's something that has been missing, I suppose, from a Cork point of view, is guys reaching into the sky and plucking the ball, particularly in defence. I thought it was magnificent. So, to me, the last quarter was, was, was Cork's best quarter of the game. And then the game could actually have been last. But, again, what do you have to say about Kilkenny? Like, they never gave up the ghost. They got most of the scores to get them back into the game from play. And then, in fairness, the mullet. And, lads, like... The the fact that he came across four defenders and stuck the ball in the net, right? The rule change about the cynical play inside the 21 might have come into their heads there that it didn't, like in the past, maybe yeah. a defender might have pulled them down and take a chance with the penalty, but then you would have been down a man for, for and, and a sin bin. So I'd have to say it's, it's a different conversation, but I think that might have flashed through fellas' heads for that second when he stepped back inside him, you know? I don't agree. I don't agree. I, I think, the, in fact, he was going away from goals. They didn't fold him. Yeah, I think they were he, on wrong, I think, they were wrong I think, footers. I think if he was going the other way, they, they might have folded him. Yeah. But I was going yeah. to just touch on sport and psychology and pressure is amazing too. And Cork were three points up with that last 65. Like, who else would you want hitting it? Only Hoggy to put you four open. It's amazing, right? He misses that. That gives kick in. Yeah, there was a chance coming here. But I will agree. I, I watched the game at home in Tilly. I thought it was a super game of hurling to watch. To me, it had it all. I thought the first half, you probably have to say that even at 15-14, Cork might have been a little bit happier at halftime. Like, to the best of my knowledge, I think both Jack O'Connor and Shamie Hannity had little or no play, I think, at all in the first half. I don't Jack, think either Jack, O'Connor, right. Jack O'Connor had no play, TJ. No play, yeah. And Shamie Hannity wasn't in it either, Dello. So for the first half, for those two guys in Cork to still be in the position they were in, I also had the flip side, Brian. I thought Kilkenny's forward movement was excellent. I thought that Billy Ryan was causing big problems for Rob Downey from forward. TJ jumping in and out of positions. Jer Mellerick was trying to pick him up, pushing Coleman wide. I thought that movement on Cody. And you'd probably have to say the only real negative for Kilkenny in that space was maybe the Richie Reid wides, right? Because yeah. they had worked some lovely ball there. And they kind of maybe just, I don't know, maybe took a little bit of the steam out of it. But in fairness to both teams, there was an awful lot of positives. And I'd say both dressing rooms at halftime would have felt, look, let's keep going, lads. This game is there for us. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with you, TJ. I just felt um, those couple of wides, and, and, and they're, they're well within Richie's locker. You know, it's just unfortunate. I think there were three in close succession that he drove wide. And, you know, not to be picking him out, you know, I mean, we, we were, I suppose, normally we're pretty economical with our chances. Whereas I think we drove 11, 11 wides, you know, um, which... 
you know, compared to the Cork's three, I think was it was a stash. And and you know, it was it, it just it's just unlike Kenny, you know, and those those shot selections. The movement was really good. I think in the first 15 minutes, we turned over Cork a couple of times from their puck outs and they looked a bit jittery. Um, you know, Downey and and and, and that and Donahue. But they settled into it, as Mark mentioned, and as the game went on, they got stronger and stronger. And I suppose one of the areas I felt we'd have the advantage on was the aerial. I, and you remember TJ winning the ball and popping its own Cody. And yep. it just, you know, it was a half goal chance. And Owen as well, he won the ball in the air, came back inside, put it over the bar in the first half. We were winning those. Whereas in the second half, Downey, uh, you know, and and and, and um, Tim O'Anney in particular, the two of them started catching balls and driving out with them, which hasn't been the case for Cork for a number of years. And they, I, they, they you know, as a credit to them, I suppose, they, they settled into the match and really came thundering into it. And, you know, that was our big outlet for us, a big opportunity for us that was kind of, was gone, you know, if you like, but, and as well, the tiredness, you know, the movement was good. Yeah, you're right, TJ. But as the game went on, we got, you could see the tiredness coming in. Parik Welsh was absolutely immense in the first half for us. The amount mm. of ball, like Coleman at the other end, the amount of ball he cleared. And even at the end, I mean, it was him who picked out the pass for Adrian Mullen. But it just mm. an extra time. He covered so much ground. But I suppose where Cork had the bench to bring in more and more pace, we just didn't have that. And I think that, you know, that, that was a big difference as well, you know, coming into the extra time. Hoagie, um, I I was vocal on it on the TV and that uh, I just thought TJ was neither neither here nor there. When he was outside, he worked his socks off as usual. But like to put him in, we'll say roughly on the eighty fourth minute, alone for injury mm. time, and he was legless at that stage with tiredness. He had worked so hard in the middle. He's not not a young lad anymore. Yeah. For me, like you, Mark said there about Robert Downey conceding maybe five points. Like, like one ball that TJ and himself contested before now the second period of extra time. TJ snapped it, gave it to Cody. Great goal chance. Sean, yeah. I don't know who actually did well. I like, thought to get back and get get a hurley in to put him off a little bit. But like, I, for me, you never tested Robert Downey as a full back. He was outside centre forward, TJ, and Murph has such a belt to the ball. And what a performance Murph gave in goal. In fairness, I mean, what a save. I haven't seen a save like that. I don't know when. Uh, Nicky Quaid the day before or something similar which one, which one? <laughs> yeah no yeah the, the low one was a brilliant but the one he came off his line yeah, 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 yeah. but like just he was belting it so far it was going over TJ's head and it was landing down on Downey and Billy Ryan and I, that's not the kind of ball Billy will thrive on either like so for me TJ's positioning was all wrong either go a bit shorter and let it down his head at centre forward or put him into the edge of the square right I, I, I couldn't yeah. believe how long Cody didn't change that no, I, I'd agree. I, I think it was a passage there where, where Downey got the, the flick away from TJ and came out of it and then seized up a cramp. As was, but TJ looked... He was quite, right. You know, and to be fair to the man, like, you know, as you say, like, he, we all comment on his work rate um, and, the, you know, the ground he covers. And at one stage here, I think he was down in the half-back line. He actually won a ball that was turned over and then we turned it over again. And it was bloody TJ who, who won possession that popped off to James Marr. You know, so absolutely, I, I, I kind of, I actually thought at some point they weren't going to start him because it was too obvious. But I thought at some point, and they did it for a minute or two, put him in at the edge of the square with maybe Cody beside him and, and look to ang- angle that ball in. And they only did it the once. And look, hindsight's a great thing, but I definitely would have, you know, thought he would have put him in there. That was an area we target, along with Richie Hogan coming in. I mean, bring Richie in the second half of extra time. But, you know, I look, um, I know injuries weren't an issue. He was fit. He's been going, you know, he's been, he hasn't been a problem, thankfully, for him over the last, you know, few uh, few weeks. You know, and he looked sharp when he came in. But look, hindsight, you know, I suppose we didn't have the, the pace that Cork were bringing in, but we needed to 
to the, you, you know utilize that bit of class that we had in, in the likes of Richie and that and you know it just the game was run away from us I suppose at that stage when, when Richie was brought in you know yeah, yeah. I, I know but Brian I, I'd said that there was nobody before the game would have would have seen the, the impact of the subs that Cork were to bring in. Yeah. Like yeah. seven point or sorry, eleven points to one uh, from the bench was incredible. And obviously like Shane Kingston's performance, mm. one of the men of the match, it was just uh, an incredible performance from any individual for a lad who didn't make a starting fifteen. And I'd say probably his dad after said like, you know, it was the wake up call maybe that he needed. I, I actually met his mother on the way into the match and I said, um I was talking to for a couple of minutes. I said, you're after a tough week, I'd say, in your house this week. You know, I'd say, Frosty's was the breakfast menu nearly every morning. But, um, <laughs> Some contribution look, from Douglas, like, wasn't it? Brilliant. Absolutely. And Alan Cadigan came on, yeah. three points from play. And Owen and came your, in. And, and your men? And, and your men? He's a half a killer man now. Young oh, Cadigan. Oh, Dalton. Oh, Dalton came in late. No, Owen Cadigan is living in killer here. Um, He's gone over the girl from Killer. So he he when John Melrick went off injured, he got the job of uh, Martin Teach, and he, I think he probably he did a very very good job, good steady job. But Dickie Dalton, yeah, great point. And and Delo, I would say this, he's a fella, and against Limerick, I definitely think like he's a long ways down the uh, the pecking order because I think he was the sixth sub that came on yesterday. Like so, mm. I would have had him. I know Alan was very good when he came on. He got three points. But there was a lot of ball went in when we were six points up with about four or five minutes to go and it came back out too easy. Like, if you don't win it yourself first time, whatever you need to do, you need to get after the cornerback and close him down as soon as, as soon as possible and stop him from clearing that ball. And I thought there was a lot of easy ball came out um, of the Kilkenny Dal- defence Dalton, late in the game. Dal- Dalton looked in great shape, Mark. Unreal. He actually warmed up in front of me. And I said to myself, who's this fella? And he was waiting yeah, for the tunnel same. back. 20s. I said, Jesus, I said, he's it. I actually text a couple of lads at home now because yeah. he works for a lad. He works for a lad and killer, right? Um, Conor McNamara. And I says, I said, I've never seen Dalton in such good shape. And oh. I can tell you this much. He's a fella definitely against Limerick in the All Ireland final. You know, I know he doesn't suit the style of play they're playing. They went pace. They went electrifying pace, actually, is what they went. They went Jack O'Connor, Robbie, Robbie O'Flynn, Shane Kingston type of pace. But there is a place in that team for a big, strong man. And it's not, he's not lacking a lot of pace, does. He's just not as fast as the three, the three speedsters that we have. But by God, if he gets the ball in his hand, he'll nail it all the time. Yeah. And yeah. he's brimming in confidence. And like, if he gets a goal opportunity, he will take it on as well. Like, he's that, that ability. So. And he's, he stuck a ball over the bar there, Mark, and he turned around. And I don't know, did he do Was it to Kingston or was it to the car crowd? It looked like it was, it was, it was a fist pump, as in, like, did you see that? Did you, you know, kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A bit of boat. A bit of boat, yeah. 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 It was Waterford esque. <laughs> yeah. And, and well, he, look, he was a bit unlucky he didn't nail a second one as well. Like, yeah. He was. Yeah, he's just a missile. When he got that yeah. ball, you'd say he's going to nail this. Yeah. You fancied him to get it, yeah. Oh, that was like me, like you now, looking down and said, Who's that? And I had to look at my program. 26. Jesus. Yeah. Great ship. Yeah. Super yeah. ship. Mackie, I was a few cocklads on the way out. Like, are, are you happier I went extra time now? Do you know? Oh, yeah. morning. Oh, oh, yeah. No, you, you still have to play 20 minutes longer now. A day after Limerick played, it will take a bit out of the bodies. A lot of cramp. Yeah. Robbie O'Flynn went off. Um, watch God Melrick looks like he's out probably with a hamstring. I would have thought, but definitely gone. Like, yeah, I know you like, but why, why would you be happier? Well, I, I think, um, 
I think it's a psychological thing. We've always questioned the consistency of performance. Now we're after winning three matches back to back and we've performed very well in all three games. Maybe not so well against Dublin the second half or if you want to be really technical, but they got the job done. And we mentioned in the panel last week that we got over the line without overly exerting ourselves. But I think the psychological fact of being six points up and getting stopped just at the death could have nailed a weaker team. But it didn't It didn't nail these. Ones. So now you'd have to say, Do you know what? These guys have a bit of stuff inside them. They have a bit of determination. They have a bit of heart. They have a bit of know-how. The guys in the sideline as well, you know, Kieran and, and Dermot and, and Jorconium. I don't know whether Grady came off to stand on that now to go into the dressing room at the end of the game and stuff like that to give a few words and stuff like that. But you'd have to give great credit Christy, to the management. Christy, I might add. Yeah, sorry, Christy. Well, he's done a great job with Patrick Collins, hasn't he? There's going to be some shootout for the All-Star. But I tell you, Patrick Collins, Patrick Collins made a couple of fantastic saves yesterday. And I want to compliment both keepers, Anthony, because you actually don't see how good their puck outs are until you're actually at the game. Owen Murphy yeah. arrowed a couple of balls, lads, 110 or 115 yards, straight into Phyllis hands. And then I see Patrick Collins hit Mark Coleman with one right on the sideline. And there was a Kilkenny fella coming from the side and there was a Kilkenny fella coming from out. And he put it right into his hand and gave him one step and he was able to move away. So the, the goalkeepers, their accuracy on their puck outs is phenomenal. We would have always had shot stopping was their main thing, but because their restarting of the game is ferocious. But um, do I think that Cork will benefit from the extra time psychologically? Massive. I think the fact that there's a fortnight, Anthony, isn't going to take anything out of them. They'll be sore this week, and probably mm. they'll give them maybe Tuesday and Thursday, they'll be down, do a bit of work over the weekend and stuff like that. There's, there isn't a whole pile that you're going to no. improve on now. It's tactics and it's mental and it's health, health, the health of the team now because we'll need to have everything. And I, and I mentioned the last that for, for Cork to win, we would need everything to go right and we need to give top-class performances. I think we got that from most fellas. Um, you mentioned earlier on about Shami Harnady. Again, they played him wing forward. To me, you play Harnady centre-forward and nowhere else. Darifitz gave him that centre forward. The, the talk is that he was sick. He was poor. Mm. He was, and any fellow who's sick, lads, you can't get over sickness. So um, he'll be fine again come a fortnight's time. But for me, Hernandy has to play centre forward. And I wouldn't be, like, coming to the All Ireland final, it's a, a different conversation. Won't be fucking the ball down in Kyle Hayes or Dermot Burns. You'll be fucking it down in Dickie Hennon. And you'll have fellas steaming through the centre on the breaking ball. That's yeah. the game plan. Game yeah, plan number one, TJ. I thought that was unusual and he, he kind of couldn't come into the game and you know no. I suppose this, they'll always be but to his credit now in extra time he, he showed up again of course he'll always keep going in fairness to him he's a, he's a warrior correct. that way like, correct yeah, yeah. but the other, the other thing probably the fact Anthony that he didn't play centre forward was a lot more ball maybe went through to Patrick Horgan like Patrick yeah. Horgan probably had his best game of the season um, I think he got six points from play but a, a couple, if you if you actually went away and did an individual Vox Pack on Patrick's points that he got from scores, he gave an, an unbelievable um, performance in, in terms of shot taking and the scores over. Talk about Shamie Flanagan hitting balls over the, uh, over his shoulder. I think the first one that Harden got actually, he was faced away from the goals and he struck it over the bar. So yeah. it's um, he gave it an unbelievable vintage. performance yesterday. It was brilliant. It was, vin- brilliant. It was vintage, Hoggy. And I thought you could do, uh, 
rather you could have taken him off Jack O'Connor but did rather than taking him off they brought him out to right half forward and they put Cadigan inside yeah. him and they dominated yeah. that right side of the attack then most of the good stuff yeah. came down that right side um, with the sheer pace of the two boys the, 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 you know I think it might be Mikey Carey and Paddy Deegan they were just struggling with the pace of it because they, yeah. they're like, I mean, they're electric. Like, jeez, Jack O'Connor. Jack O'Connor. speed of Jack O'Connor. Jeez. He's like an antelope when he gets going, to be honest with it. Um, my story there, there was two Kilkenny fellas and a Wexford lad, young lads now, and they were, they're obviously were after finding some watering hole because they came in a minute before the throw in, and the young, the fellow from Wexford said to me, Look, I want to have a tenor on something to get the first goal. First goal. I said, who, who do you think from? I said, I'm not backing the Kilkenny fellas because I want to drive it into the boys. So, what car? I said, Jack O'Connell's your man. I said, and every ball that went into the forwards in the first half, he was shouting, Come on, Jack. As you said, he hit one ball for the whole game. But when he got the opportunity in the second half, he went straight through the center and the ball hit the upright. Oh my God. Oh. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. Like, you know? But I think Owen Murphy got a touch in it, did he? He did. It was he a brilliant yeah, save. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic Hoagie. save. Hoagie, going to have to ask you the obvious one. Um, there will there'll be speculation about the gaffer again. There's another year without an All-Ireland, but another Leinster Championship, of course. Um, won mm. two years in a row now, beaten in the semi-final. Will, it'll be up to Brian to call it, I presume. That, when, you, when you've done what Brian has done, in the end of the day, it'll be just up to Brian <coughs> to say, I have enough of it or whatever. Well, absolutely. There's no one in the county board is going to be making a decision for him. It'll be, all, it'll be up to him. It's, he's there as long as he wants to be there. That's as, it's as simple as that. And trying to second guess what he he's thinking is you're at nothing, you know. Um, you know, I suppose we've seen, you know, we, he brought Connor Feeling in, uh, you know, along with Goethe and a few, you know, in, in terms of the backroom team and freshening things up. And you can see definitely, you know, improvements in terms of the movement and just personnel like Michael Michael Carey has added serious pace in there in the backs. Unfortunately, he had to go off. You know, he was a loss and. So there's been there's definitely been ups uh, upsides you know improvements this year. I just I just you know TJ's not getting any younger. Park's not getting any younger. Albeit Park was absolutely outstanding, and a few of the others. I hope they stay on, but we do need to try and find another you know three four guys you know. And I, I think look without going into it today, I suppose the issue for us is 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 with you know the underage the development squads now we're just behind the curve massively you know, and it's taken us to see Cody and and Mullen how good they are. It's taken us two, three years to, to get them physically up to speed. Hurling wise, no problem. So we have a lot of ground to make up, I think, in that regard, which is, you know, so that we can kind of have more, I suppose, at our disposal. But in terms of Brian, look, look, I mean, I'm not going, I'm certainly not going to be preempting what he's thinking. And, you know, it, it'll be up to him to make a decision either way. Yeah, yeah, no, look, and it's amazing talking to Brendan, Brendan Cummins, and he was kind of saying to me that Tip were in trouble underage. And she's amazing to be saying, uh, we all know Claire are in trouble underage, and we all know why as well. But uh, it's amazing to hear Kilkenny and Tipfield are in trouble underage, and the other two boys that say underage were never as healthy, really, like yeah. in terms of Cork and, well, and Limerick. Yeah, well, look, I've, look, I've been talking to a few of the boys, and they're involved in the club. I'm involved myself with my own club. I've seen it 20 years ago, 25 years ago, you know, under the stewardship of Ned Quinn and that. We put in these development squads. And we reap the benefit of it, you know. I know there was counties come up looking at it. I think your own county, Dale, came up to at one stage to look at it, the setup. But it's a massive need need of an overhaul. It's completely outdated, and it's of no benefit. And and I think there's a realization now. It's not it's not fit for purpose, you know. Um, and 
it's you know despite the best efforts of the clubs the clubs are, are doing what they can and, and that's fair enough but things have moved on you know that kind of way and uh, yeah you know it's it's yeah so look that's it's for another day but but in fairness you know i think there, there's hurdles there there's always hurdles in kilkenny it's just it's providing them with the right the right tools to, to maximize their their potential you know and uh look no one will be crying over crying over the situation you know that with kilkenny and we, look we'll, we'll be there look with brian at the, at the helm we'll always be there thereabouts that's for sure the lads will always yeah. be boots on. um yeah so look we'll we'll we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll learn from from the performances we always we did and move go on. back, go back, and savage into each other exactly. at the club, and and winter it out then, and 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 see what way it goes. Exactly, exactly. TJ, you're sitting at home watching yesterday's one. Um, you're you're sitting there, and Kilkenny get a late goal, and and it's going to extra time. It's your Limerick jersey on you. Who are you kind of hoping for? Nobody, you needn't give away now the the constitution here now. But who are you? Who are you? From your point of view, I'm not saying. This is maybe not what John Kiley is thinking. It's just TJ Ryan's Limerick supporter now, uh, expert podcaster here with us every 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 uh, Monday. Who, no, who, would you, who would you have likened to to be facing up to your boys? I'll answer it honestly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and we were discussing it at home. My my honest opinion yesterday during the game was I I thought. That we'd have a better chance of beating Kilkenny in the final, believe it or not. I thought the game they play, I thought it would suit us. I thought that maybe for us there might be more of an edge kind of of what happened in 2019. We felt that we might have owed them one. And I think that if there is a game plan out there to trouble the current Limerick setup, right? I think it's the game plan of the pace and the players at Cork have. So I think there's more worry in the final now than it would have been if it was Kilkenny. Now that might seem like a strange statement. I I said last week that the Cork curve is definitely on the way up, right? And I think for anybody on the way up, right, I think beating Kilkenny remains, that remains the bar, right? And I think yeah. for any dressing room and any setup, they'll up, I think when you beat the Cats, right, I think training the following week takes on a life of its own. You know you're in the mix. I think it's like as if you're nearly qualified to win in all Ireland yeah. when, when you beat when you when you beat Kilkenny. That's that's that, that that seems to be the bear. Like Kirk, this the red tide and go back to the underage, right? I think the underage Marco here probably got the ball rolling, like winning the twenty All Ireland, the, the minors getting a couple of wins, and the twenties winning the Munster again. You got the minor Munster final tonight. You pulled a stroke at the twenty All Ireland, and that seems to have worked for you, and it seems to be. Everything is red at the moment, and this tide is now huge, right? Like, fitness-wise, you'd probably say game plan-wise, they're definitely a long way ahead of last year. And I'll go to the last piece then again, right? Is they started Shane Barrett instead of um, Kingston, Shane right? Kingston. Big call, right? Mm. Brave call. Yeah. Like, even yeah. about the, the, the father-son relationship, which is definitely yeah. not easy. Like, I, like, you wouldn't like to be there. And that's, no. that's unbelievably brave of Kieran Kingston, right? And obviously, we know what Shane has done now when, when he came on. But, like, even the Dara Fitzgibbon, like, he didn't, like, we know what he's capable of, right? Mm. On, 40, on 42 minutes, you know what I mean? They, they, they take him out, right? They took out, let's say, Mark Coleman. There might have been a bit of an injury there, but they didn't leave him there, right? So they made the changes. And I think that in all aspects of what they're doing, and maybe, as I said, you can credit the underage for getting this ball rolling and getting people talking cork again, right? And even in yourself, Marco, this morning, right? Uh, that Corkness, there's no doubt about it. 
the dial has gone up, like, hasn't it? You can feel. Yeah, he was like, giving. He was giving it up. He was giving it up altogether during the first lockdown, like. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're weary. You're weary of the red tide. Absolutely. Uh, I, I just think that I I said it again last week that Jack O'Connor is a game changer, right? And even though things didn't work out for him, like right, he stuck with it and. You know, go back to Mr. Dean and all these boys in the past, great car players, right? Patience was part of their game, right? They didn't get frustrated with it. Like, Jack didn't happen for him in the first half here, but yet again, the first sight of goal, he was gone down the channel and he had goal in his mind. And, you know, in fairness to him, even the goal he got with Kilkenny fellas hounding him down, like, jeez, like, you, you know, you like to see what he do over 100 metres. He's just unbelievably quick off the mark. And look... The pace is the one, and I, there, there might have been one or two areas of Limerick's game that when you saw when Watford really ran at him and opened him up, the Limerick might have struggled for pace. Like so, I'm just saying this: hurling keeps evolving, and we've known this over the last 20, 30 mm. years that it went from power, then it went to possession game, then it went back to physicality. Then now Limerick brought kind of the possession and nearly a kind of a similar to football style use of the ball to the middle of the field, and then they release it and they do it extremely well. I think. Maybe the next change around, right, is you have to play with your forwards up there. I think pace looks like it's the next move. And they have it. Unfortunately, yeah. but they have it. Yeah, yeah. And, and Hoagie, that's one thing just to... I know you have to go there now very shortly and we'll let you off. But pace is an issue with Kilkenny, isn't it? Like, why? I don't know why. Like, so, so there's no one going off testing out every hurler at 12 to know as he fast. <laughs> just to either come or they don't come. Like, Eddie Brennan came along, I suppose, under the same circumstances. He was lightning. Do you know, yeah. stuff like that, but like just it can be a bit of luck in a generation as well. Yeah, and we're not talking, I suppose, we're not saying there's no inter county player who's slow, um, but yeah. you're talking about that, that, that X factor that like the, the speed that Jack O'Connor has. I mean, I remember, you know, Cotton Nocton was a sim, it was a type of player, uh, back in the day, you know, who like Jesus, if you got a ball, he was gone, forget about it, you know, and um, like I said, yeah, Michael Carey, I felt was a huge addition to us, um, because of the pure pace he had, he took off. There in the quarter final, um, uh, or in the Leinster final, and he went off up the line, and Jesus, he was he was incredible. I hadn't seen pace like that in in the team, and and when you have one or two guys in in your backs or in your forwards who've got that pace, it creates so much space and opportunity for the other guys because it just takes a run from one of them and it sends panic into the into the defense. And yeah, look, we don't we don't have that kind of blinding pace at the moment. Um, like look, Billy Ryan is no slouch. Um, you know he's quick. Um, and as I said, look, Cody, it, it has pace in, in over a couple of yards. You know, he's a t- real corner forward. You know, he'll turn on a sixpence. But that that blind and pace, probably coming from midfield almost, you know, that kind of coming from deep. Um, you know, um, Fenno would have had it and Richie Power, you know, yeah. kind of deceptively quick. We just don't have it at the moment. And, and uh, it is, it's a big advantage. I'd rather have it than not have it, you know, because even if you don't get on the ball, it likes the Jack O'Connor. He didn't get on the ball in the first half. But every time he moved... Your eye was taken. Where's he gone? Because he's that quick, you know, and it, it does, it brings panic into it. But look, it's uh it's 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 something that's very hard to create, you know. You either have it at that level, you know, that we're talking at searing pace or you don't, but um mm. yeah, yeah, Cork have it at the moment, and as TJ's mentioned, um, you know, it's you you play to your advantage and cork have it, and I'm sure it's something you're going to look to utilize against uh, the, the Limerick lads but look <laughs> the Limerick lads are no slouches either you know they have no. you know, like the Kyle Hayes and these guys we're not talking about these you know these slow kind of uh, big units these guys are units but they can move as well you know Donahue, Kyle Hayes 
you know, right through, um, mm. you know, the, the team. So it's going to be an intriguing battle for sure. Well, Hoagie, and you, we, you were at the hour, Hoagie, so we're going to let you go on. Thanks a million, uh, Brian, for joining us. Uh, always great to get the, the Kenny hey, point of hey. view. Oh, One oh. second now, before he goes, <laughs> before he goes. Wooden spoon. How is he getting on the fence? Oh, oh. He oh, gave up the ghost, sir. He made no changes. I threw on sure. the one basket. I, I figured I figured Carr couldn't get to the finals, so I didn't even pick any players. I had a nightmare. Oh, yeah, and I, a nightmare. At, <laughs> I looked at your team this morning, kid. You are destined for the wooden spoon. Oh, Landers, you're safe. Geez. You're safe. Oh, that's a victory. There's two to be relegated, though. TJ, you could be coming with a wet sail there with Hoggy. Is it too late? Right, Brian, we'll talk to you. What are you, 12.15 and he's 12.53? Like, you need Hoggy to get about 2.10. And then, of course, that could cost Limerick all Ireland. Like, it could. Like, um, I, yeah, I gambled on Hoggy being captain, getting the three games in. Larry the Fecker had Shane Kingston and obviously Larry might have been kicking himself when Kingston wasn't starting and then he comes in and so he stays ahead of me by three points. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd like, I'd certainly like a top two finish but having, having the captain playing in the final definitely is, is, is a plus. Uh, Tom Morrissey was very good to me. Tom Morrissey was very good to me as well. Like, but, uh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're the only two with captains left I think. I've, I've earned Gillan, yeah, yeah. Gillan. So, I yeah, should be safely own. ahead of the crowd at the bottom there. Like my, 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 my forecasting is getting better. And just during the week there, uh, for the for the guys in the fancy hurling, I presented a couple of prizes, a couple of Limerick youngsters so, yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And um, to be fair to them, they absolutely loved the whole fantasy idea, and they were kind of they were questioning my knowledge about maybe <laughs> picking Hoggie or sorry, picking Hoggy as captain and. <laughs> you know, in, 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 in fairness to them, for under 11s, they, they, they were very well tuned in. So, uh, come here, to, they had it won before the semi final, had them on yeah, the They did, they did. Like Brian Halley won the, won the jersey, and it was Jamie Fannery who won um, the slitters. And I think it's only one point between the two of them. Like, so they, they, were getting a great, they were getting a great kick out of it. But look, good fun. And in fairness to anybody out there who's in the fantasy, like, it definitely um, it changes your, uh, your interpretation of a game. It's great crack, yeah. Yeah, and there's our, our listeners. All thanks to Butler Hurleys again, lads. Um, and TJ, your buddy's got down <laughs> six. Shane Hassett, Shane Hassett, drumming it. Looking good, Shane. Uh, mentor with Claire as well, I think. Great pal of Brian Lawhans. Good, good guy. Uh, he's up the top there, but again, very tight. But he must have a captain because um, Dela, he scored this week. Look at number three, Dela. Yeah. Marina Italy. Fusella, Italy, with the Dulwich yeah. hat. Yeah. Some score. We'll some score. Will we be going deeply for the? Will we be going deeply for the preview? Marina, is Motley's going to take us? Like uh, Marina Snapchatted me there to say if she if she does win it, would I go over with the prize myself? She didn't mention the two E now, but I know it's a great story. So we we're not low on our nationwide now, but we're we're gone we're gone into Europe now and, and everything. So I uh, know fair yeah, play to the lads in Onroa. Um, great great competition. It's even last night. Like I go back to the hotel there and. Uh, you just looking up your fantasy team to see how did you get on. Like you knew the scores weren't up, but you you were weighing it up. Like you know, and would like yeah, stay ahead yeah. of Landers. Like that's the main thing. The big two weeks we and we'd be having a great uh, preview show. Um, where to be? Would would it be this format? We we speculate and we put our heads together for a few days. We'd love to have a live one. 
Uh, but we we left to see. We left to see. We're not we're not sure. Uh, Tony's back from his holidays now, so we talk to him tomorrow. Maybe that you know. Uh, but look, um, we kept it to an hour and thirty. Larry, be delighted because that's the target. So brilliant weekend, boys. Um, anything in the two weeks? Tickets, of course, straight away, lads, aren't they? Yeah, there was talk. I think there, there that maybe the, the full allocation around the country that goes for this All Ireland final mightn't be in place, and if it's not. I think that will definitely help the two participating counties. Like 40,000 is a decent crowd for the, for, for the hurling people of Limerick and Cork. But um, in fairness to the rebels, they have a huge uh, travelling public, which is growing and growing and growing. So, yeah, it's got, it's, it's got the makings of a great two weeks. I'm probably in the position where I, like, I'm not too far from the border, like so we kind of hear them every now and again. Tell, oh, yeah, and, 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 and the shouts... The shouts are getting louder, and my two sisters are married to two carclets, just to add Ooh. that into the mix. Yeah, Ooh. and I see my uh, Jackie's youngsters, they were wearing green jerseys on Saturday, and they were wearing red jerseys on Sunday. <laughs> so, I suppose in, in, in that house, a half and half. What happens next? I don't know. I don't know who's going to win the battle there. Oh, that's going to be an interesting one. Fact a half and half. Make up your minds. <laughs> Make up your minds. I just hope that there will be kids' tickets available, Delo, again. Yeah. Um, it was brilliant to see the children finals. both days. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. And just to compliment Paul Collins, who went around yeah. to the stand as well, picking out people and doing small interviews and giving away prizes. White people were waiting because there was no um, there was no game beforehand. So and like we were in early, we were in for a, an hour beforehand, and the smart I went to do we get a burger and chips and a hot dog and stuff for like that, and we're just soaking in the whole atmosphere the whole day. And um, it, it's a fantastic it's a place, like isn't it? Oh, I but sure when I, I I was listening to my man shouting rebels and clapping his hands, and he has never done that before. I never heard it like so. He's yeah. The poor old fella, he's, he's, he, I'd already be able to sleep at all for the next couple of weeks because <laughs> I, I, made, I made a promise to the second fella because he was crying when we were going off yesterday morning and he wasn't being taken. So I said, cute enough, I says, I'll take you the next day. And of course, what did the old, what did Charlie say coming home in the car? Um, you promised Matt, you know, to take him to next day. What does that mean for me? <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> Shout out there to the Cork uh, committee. Uh, your man needs uh, one plus two. That was the two children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, look at for all hay truck drivers, will you fake off the next two carriage for two weeks' time, please? Um, and look, uh, what, a, what a day to look forward to. Limerick, uh, one to five on TJ. It is only a oh. member going up and collecting it, surely. That's a wrong, no, no, yeah. that's a wrong, that's a, that, that's a wrong price for me. I like, as I said, I think, I genuinely think, look, my seven landers will have a proper head to head on this, right? We go at it, hammer and tongs. Whoever wants us, right? No head, but the, no. the week of the match, yeah. And we want Peter Casey to be playing, right? We, we yeah. Peter, Peter <laughs> Casey, bring him on, bring him on, yeah, Peter yeah. Casey. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. we're reading that, right? We want him to play, but I Group. think. I think that they have the, they have the pace to trouble us. I still think Limerick will win it, right? And we 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 talk yeah. about it in more detail on a, on, a, on another day. Yeah. Uh, Dale, give us your uh, thirty second snapshot of what you think is going to happen, and then well, we'll talk about it in detail. Yeah, I, I like you now, and I'm not saying when Hoagie's gone off the line, but I would have felt for Limerick uh, to get Kilkenny after 19 was was the ideal scenario for Limerick. I actually go back to the match lads early on this year, and Mark, I, you felt Limerick had another gear. I'm not so sure. I thought Cork had a massive opportunity. I said it at the time. 
to rattle off three or four points and absolutely test Limerick's metal down like they didn't but I didn't see I think it's a much improved cock now and mm, I, yeah. I think if that patch comes again cock might jump in and grab it like so a one to yeah. five for me is all wrong all wrong all wrong, yeah, yeah. I, the bit is all wrong, but you know, all I'll say is 66 to Thunder and Lightning, 86 to Bishop of Galway, 1990 Babs, and the Donkeys don't win derbies, and 99, nobody gave us a chance. It's a it's the feeling of it now that we don't have a chance. And I'm just hoping that TJ will say something out of place that we could, you know, throw in the Bishop of Galway there, like you know. But, <laughs> I don't think he will. I don't think he will. No, he's too cute. He's too cute. (laughs) I think, I think, I think we have, do you know what we have, lads? We have a great panel of players right now. Mm. We Mm. have five or six or seven fellas that can come on and make a contribution. And I hope that, and even if they came on yesterday, knows he has a contribution to make to this team. The scrap will be for the first 15, but it doesn't, it's not all about the first 15 as as what Shane Kingston proved yesterday. Yeah. Coming off the bench as well, but you know, that's the kind of thing we need to see. We need a performance like that from all the players to actually beat Limerick because you know as well as I do, Dela, the Limerick the Limerick backs will pack the bus inside the forty five yard line and they won't be allowing any speeds to run through. So maybe Jack O'Connell have to hit a couple of scores, five or six from sixty, seventy yards out like Tom Morrissey and Garot Hagerty have done. Oh, he's, yeah. he was ferocious. Like any I give great great credit to Jack O'Connell yesterday. For being so quiet in the first half, and then to turn around and score a goal and three points to the rest of the game from play. And as you Fantastic. as you said as you said earlier, I know I, I said it this morning. For me, the man who deserves the most credit is Tim O'Mahony, like because he must have been thinking, "Oh my God, what did I do with that ball?" And to get himself right in the three or four minutes break before the extra time, and to Jesus, to bounce the ball he caught in the air and and. You know, repelled the Kenny yeah. men, and 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 Archie's. Oh, I thought that was a real sign of probably a new yeah. cork. Let's face it. And well, we've new, we've new leader. Sorry, yeah, go teach. I was going to say a couple of things have happened. Maybe even both sides here, Marco, with with like what's the, the prelude to Rob Downey ending up at full back, right? And say is that they kind of stumble upon that, and that's really really working for them. And he'll suit one of the Limerick players now. And there's been other changes, like Richie English got injured, and Dan Morris got back in, and. You know, Limerick dropped, let's say, Aaron Gillan, and then they had a poor first half against Hip, and they have to bring him back in, and that kicks on him. You know, before the other final here, the quote that Bobby Jones said about golf comes to mind, right, is that sometimes you take good shots and you get a bad break. And other times, Delo, you take bad shots and you get a good break. But either way, it doesn't matter. You have to play where it lies, Marco. And two weeks' time, we'll be ready for you. Oh, and that's a good way to finish up the show today. And that's a wrap. And, uh, thanks to all our listeners. Thanks to, what's his name, the golfer? Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones. Thanks to Bobby Jones and delivered superbly by Mr. TJ Ryan. Uh, thanks to Reno. Thanks to all our listeners, lads. We'll be having a preview show and uh, we'll see you then and we'll get the, the expert's opinion uh, who our guests will be. We'll might even have an extra guest for that one. So really looking forward to the two weeks. Best of luck to the two Lachicos uh, on the ticket hunt. And anyone out there, lads, I have no tickets. And I don't talk to anyone on the Clare County board, so I've no chance to get them. Good luck. See you there, Good luck. With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA.
and a, a grain of rice, and a, a grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. 